from hidden local hotspots to outrageous wildlife rescues and trend-setting hotels. WestCoastTraveler.com shares the latest travel news from your local community and beyond. Travel the spectacular west coast of the U.S. and Canada without leaving your armchair and start taking notes for your next adventure. Make your next vacation or staycation the best it can be. Visit westcoasttraveler.com. This is the Mojon Sports Podcast, a deeper dive into the great personalities we know and love. Now, here's your host, Bob the Moj Marjanovich. Welcome to episode 39 of MojonSports.com. The bio series continues with Devin Dubnik, NHL goaltender who just announced his retirement after 12 years in the National Hockey League. A career which saw him play 542 games, winning 253 of them, and also earning three All-Star selections, as well as winning the Bill Masterton Trophy for perseverance in the game of hockey during the 2014-15 NHL season. Devin Dubnik, The Bio, next on MoJohnSports.com. You're listening to the MoJohn Sports Podcast. Every athlete is looking for a competitive edge, and you can find one at StokoDesign.com. The K1 Embrace System wraps your legs with over 90 feet of high-strength support cables that are directly integrated into an ultra-comfortable compression tape. The cabling is positioned to naturally move with you, supporting your knee when you need it most. You can customize your level of support with two control dials in the waistband. This is the future of knee support. Stokadesign.com. Got to tell you about my friends at the Clayton Public House. Talk about a great room. Just huge, spacious, plenty of light. The food is unbelievable. And by the way, did I mention they just rented their patio? Check it all out. The Clayton Public House, 5640 188th Street in Surrey. This is the Mojon Sports Podcast. Time now for our feature bio. Here's Bob the Moj Marjanovich. Welcome to episode 39 of MojonSports.com, the bio series. Our next guest is a goaltender of the National Hockey League for well over 500 games. He just recently retired with an outstanding career. He is the one and only Devin Dubnik. Devin, thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me. Nice to have you aboard. First off, this whole retirement process, I was listening to another podcast where you were kind of surprised with the reaction that you got through all, you know, your friends through social media, calls, texts, you name it. Yeah, it was uh, it was different. I mean, I, I'd never, uh, obviously, I was a little surprised last year not getting an opportunity to play. And then, you know, it kind of became clear that that was it. And, and uh, I mean, going through last summer I mean I had no ambitions to to come back and play so it's funny that I was getting texts from my family and friends that were kind of saying you know are you going to officially retire and I was like I I guess I probably should I don't really see why it matters um and then I did an interview right before I went out to NHL Network and all of a sudden I got a couple text messages that said hey congratulations and I was like for what (laughs) And they're like, oh, your retirement. And I was like, oh, well, uh, didn't realize I'd announced it yet. So then I went and, I went and looked it up and and uh, realized it had kind of come out that I had retired. So then I emailed the NHLPA and said, let's hammer this out quick. And, and uh, you know, it's nice. I mean, I never thought it was a big deal to officially announce a retirement, but it was also nice to hear, you know, I get a lot of nice text messages and also 
got a chance to chat with um, some people that I played with and, and, you know, had opportunities throughout my career to have relationships with and, and I uh, got to catch up with them a little bit. So it was nice. Have you had a chance to reflect back upon your outstanding career? Uh, yeah. I mean, like, again, this was not, um, you know, it's, it's been kind of a year. So it's not like this was the moment that I said, Oh, I think I'm done. Um, and then looking back, but um, I think it was, a, it was a fun time to, to, like I said, to connect with guys and, you know, tell some stories and kind of chat and, and then moving on to, to the second part here, doing a little bit of broadcasting and, and, you know, it's been fun to have an opportunity on the NHL network to, to kind of revisit some memories as well. It's been, it's been fun that way. Surprised how quickly it went. Oh yeah. You know, you always kind of look back at, at uh, different situations and, you know, getting traded to Minnesota and especially with the kids, right? Like you, you're looking back at pictures of, of the kids and how old they are. And and then you're like, oh man, you know, our, our oldest was, he's nine now and he was a year and a half old when we came to Minnesota, I guess almost two uh, when we came to Minnesota and it just, it doesn't feel like that long ago. And now he's, you know, he's, he's grown up here and we, we had two other boys here and now we got a full family and a, and a whole roster here uh, in Minnesota. So it's, but it just does not feel like that long ago. What are your first memories of the game? Uh, hockey or like professional hockey. or as a kid, like so, growing up, you grew up in Regina, but I know you spent some time in Vancouver as well. But what do you remember? No, the... I was all, I was all over the map. I didn't actually, I didn't grow up in Regina. I was born in Regina, uh, moved to Newmarket, Ontario, to Winnipeg, to Vancouver, to Calgary before I was ten. So I was uh, bouncing around all over the place. But my earliest memories were kind of like that Timbits hockey. It wasn't called Timbits, but I mean, I remember playing. You know, they put the the uh, wooden boards on the blue lines and everybody played the width of the ice. And uh, I remember I was a pretty good skater, but I couldn't, couldn't find a way to put puck in the net. Even though I had the puck on my stick most of the time, I, I couldn't get it in the net. So I wasn't, I wasn't a talented goal scorer. I was a good skater. So eventually I found my way back to the goal. How did you become a goalie? So it was funny. I, I, I don't really know. I mean, I, I obviously get asked that question a lot. One summer, I just told my dad I wanted to be a goalie. My dad was a goalie. He played uh, up to junior A in Crow's Nest Pass uh, Red Devils. That's not why. Um, I don't really know why. I liked the equipment. I was always I was like watching goalies in the NHL. My buddy on my team was a goalie. And uh, one summer, I just said to my dad that I wanted to be a goalie. And he's like, absolutely not. And so then me and him argued for most of the summer. And he said, fine, you can be the goalie for – for half the games and I ended up playing every game except for one and I improved pretty quickly as well so that helped I can't really tell you a reason I, I can't think back of, of like a single reason as to why I wanted to become a goalie so you grow up in Vancouver early 90s I guess 94 Canucks go on their run you're not a Kirk that was McLean right, right, fan. When I, right when I moved there yeah, so you're not a Kirk McLean fan. fan. You're a Pavel Bure fan, of all people. Yes, of course. Well, of course I'm a Kirk McLean fan, too. I mean, who can forget the, the, the stack pad on the goal line with the top toe? And and Kirk was actually my uh, – it was a, kind of a weird time, but he, he was a goalie coach in Kamloops, the goalie coach. I mean, no no offense to him, but it was like, <laughs> it was like you know, once a, every two months to come in. <laughs> like, it was not – and, and it was in, in, you know, in his defense, it was kind of a, a weird 
time where like there wasn't really a goalie coach for a junior team. There wasn't even goalie coaches for like professional teams at this time. Even when I went up to pro, you know, my goalie coach in like Stockton and Springfield was Pete Peters, who was the goalie coach for Edmonton. So he was just coming down. But I remember the first, my first year, I think, I can't remember if it was 16 or 17 year old year, Kirk McLean was the goalie coach, which I was super pumped about, but he didn't live there and he was, he was, he was like never there. So it was kind of a, it was kind of a trial and error period with Kirk, but I was, I was pumped. 94 was when I moved to Vancouver, right in second grade for me. And that was their run to the cup. Man, you're young if you're in the second grade in 94. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Doesn't feel Rel- like it now, though. Relatively speaking. Um, four seasons in Kamloops, five seasons in total, but four real seasons in, in terms of playing time. I think you had a couple in that one year, the first year. But what are your memories of playing for the Blazers? I love it. I, I always think back and talk about it. It's, it's kind of a cool um, scenario to look back on. So that 15-year-old year, I actually I ended up – being there for quite a while I want to say maybe two and a half months total um, but that was just kind of getting my feet wet and you know learning that side of the game and and you know junior was pretty old school back then too when I was coming in I, I felt like I learned a lot of uh, different things learned the ropes with how to how to behave as the younger guy and, and the older guys like I said it was pretty old school I mean my my I started my first game and then the, the next night I ended up going in and getting my first win because of a line brawl. And that's just kind of all the game was. I mean, it was, it was, and there were fights at practice and things were crazy. And I felt like I learned a lot. And then, you know, morphing all the way through to world juniors. And, you know, I grew up a lot there being away from home and, and billets and, and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's a, it's a fun thing to look back on. I got a lot of great stories from there and, and uh, I mean, it's an it's a it's like the perfect junior town. I think Kamloops, Kelowna, both are like really cool uh, junior towns, and and uh, I'm, I'm very lucky that I got to go there. And no offense to, I hope I don't piss anybody off, but much rather be in Kamloops and Swift Current or Moose Jaw or Brandon or <laughs> pick one. But uh, I was very lucky to land in Kamloops. You mentioned you said you had a lot of stories. Anyone stick out in particular? I don't know. There was a lot. Of, it was just like it was a, such a coming of age, like just going from, I mean, I was a, I was 15 years old when I got there. As, and, uh, you know, I was 6'5", 150 pounds. I mean, I was an alien. And, uh, you know, I remember my first game, I, I whacked uh, one of the Lynch brothers. I don't know. This is, this is a ways back. I think there was five of them that all played in the Western league. And, uh, that was just kind of how I played. I mean, my dad always told me if someone stands in front of you, you slash him with your stick. So I slashed this guy and he was 20 years old and turned around full beard. And he's like, if you touch me again, I'm going to rip your head off. And that was like, yes, sir. <laughs> won't happen again. I promise. <laughs> when did you realize and, uh, that you could do something special with, with the game? You know, it's kind of funny. It, it like, I always, I always thought I had this like naive vision that I'd always play in the NHL and it was, and it was purely naive because it wasn't uh it wasn't like a cocky. I'm so good. I, I just, I know I just, it just never left my head that I was going to play in the NHL. And, and I mean, there was a couple of times, like even right before I got drafted to Kamloops, my dad was, was pretty good at, at kind of sheltering me from 
from you know knowing what where I was and and how good I was. So I was pretty clueless as to how I stacked up against you know the rest of the province or the rest of the country essentially. Um, so I knew I was good. Obviously, I was always playing at the top level in Calgary. And I remember he took me on a walk one day and said, uh, and kind of ran me through the process of the of the WHL draft. And you know, it's young; it's fourteen years old. So I was I was kind of shocked. He told me, and this was like a couple months before I was about to get drafted to Kamloops. And he kind of gives me the rundown, and you know, to me, the Calgary hit then because I was in Calgary at this time. Like that was like professional hockey. You know, they have half visors on and they're big boys and they fight and everything. So when he told me this, it kind of blew me away. Um, so that was, a, you know, that was kind of a shock and then ended up being, being the uh, first goalie taken in the draft. And that was kind of my eye opener where I realized where I kind of stood um, in as far as, cause that's, you know, that's the entire Western Canada. That was the first goalie taken in the draft. That was kind of my eye opener. Uh, but before that, you know, I, like I said, I knew I was good, but I didn't realize kind of where I was. 14th overall in the 2004 draft by the Edmonton Oilers. You spend some time in Stockton. I'll get to Stockton in a second because I played junior college football <laughs> there. So I, I just, okay, let's get Stockton out of the way. Are you surprised you survived Stockton? Because I got another, <laughs> I got out of there by Christmas when I played at junior college there. You know what? It was so it's funny. I mean, yeah, it was it was I was like this again. It's a naive Canadian kid growing up in the suburbs of Calgary, uh, rolling into Stockton, California was was like and I mean, I think I think me being naive was was like almost helped me a little bit and then also could have hurt me. But um, I didn't mind it. I mean, it was just purely weather wise uh, that it was kind of a place that you could as long as you knew where not to go, it wasn't that bad. Um, and, you know, I mean, Springfield was in there. And then you go from Stockton to Springfield, Massachusetts, and it's no, it's no different other than the weather sucks. When you were in the American Hockey League, I think of, I, I know, like, remembering somebody interviewing Randy Johnson uh, about baseball. And Randy said it was so difficult at the start of his career in terms of the mechanics, right? Being a big guy, six seven, whatever he is, six eight. You were six six. Took you three years. So those three years, you just kind of really learn uh, about mechanics and kind of growing into your size and learning how to use your size early in your career for those three years in the American Hockey League. Uh, yes and no. I think you know now that you mentioned it. I think thinking about so I so Pete Peters was my goalie coach, and uh, he he was such a influential person on me. Just purely because he like all we did was angles with Pete and me obviously being a big guy if I can be on the angle and be patient then then my size is an attribute but if you're all over the place it doesn't matter how big you are you could be short tall small fat doesn't matter so Pete really hammered on the that's all we did you know I still I still appreciate him all day because that was like the foundation of my game is we worked on these angles. And then, you know, I just, you just grow into your body. I mean, I was, gosh, I was 175 pounds probably when I got drafted and finished playing uh, one or sorry, at two, you know, two thirty. like the years I was playing 68 games, I was probably two two twenty five. 
so you, you just, I mean, I was young, you grow into your body and, and, uh, but, and then also, uh, Freddie Shabbat was, who's the goalie coach for Minnesota now was my goalie coach in Edmonton when I actually got up there to play full time. And he taught me a lot technically as well. More with Devin Dubnik after these messages. Like what you hear? We'd love to have you on board with us as a partner. If you have a business that could benefit from partnering with us, please contact us at mojohnsports.com. Whenever it comes to tires or meeting your automotive needs, I only send my friends to one place, OK Tire in Langley. OK Tire in Langley is more than just tires. It's about complete automotive care, and it's about being treated right by my good friends, the Delaney family. Delaney's OK Tire in Langley, 19863 Fraser Highway, or call them at 604-530-2545. Redefine how you lead. Take the next step in your leadership journey with Ignite Management. Become a leader that positively impacts those around you. Create an environment where your team thrives. Be in control of your own development with a detailed analysis of your leadership style, complete with actionable insights and recommendations. Visit ignitemanagement.ca for more info. You're listening to the Moj on Sports Podcast. Devin, your NHL debut, November 28th, 2009, in Vancouver, of all places. Um, you don't even start the game. And, and looking it up on hockeyreference.com, Jeff Deloria gets to start. He allows four goals on seven shots. Then you get summoned to go between the pipes. I imagine what, after the second or third goal, the knot in the stomach is kind of getting a little bigger. And then when the fourth goal goes in, you're like, holy Jesus, I'm going into the game right now? Yeah, well, first goal, <laughs> the knot in the stomach got pretty big because you could just, I mean, and Vancouver was, was good then too. And it was it was Saturday night, hockey night in Canada. Place was rocking. And I hadn't, you know, there'd been, I'd been up for, I don't know how many games. I don't want to say a number, but like I'd sat on the bench for enough games at this point uh, and not got in. And I mean, I remember after the third goal went in, they, uh, my, my, I was talking to my buddies after and they're like, they showed you on the bench and they're like, you were white as a ghost. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah. It was. So I felt like too, I felt like I was going to pass out. You know, I don't think, Pat Quinn was our coach. I don't think he wanted to put me in, especially not in that situation. And then the fourth goal goes in. It was like, I knew, I mean, at that point, it was, it was like six minutes into the game. And uh, he just looked down and was like, two were going. I'm, I mean, I went from white to whiter <laughs> at that point. <laughs> but so I, so I get out there, and, and I mean, I remember they're, they're moving the puck around the zone, and I can't feel my body. Like, I am, like, so nervous, so, like, I am I am not in a good spot. And I remember there was a whistle, and I'm t- I tell myself, I'm like, hey, you got you to gotta pull this together here because this is not going to work. <laughs> like, this is, like, I'm, like, a, like, floating above my body right now. <laughs> like, nothing, I can't feel anything. So, I'm like, you got to figure out a way to, to get this thing dialed here. It's going to be ugly. You stopped 21 of 24 shots, though. So, I mean, it. It, 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 it turned out okay yeah and yeah. but the thing is like i mean if you're gonna let somebody beat you for the first goal of vancouver i figured maybe the sedines or kessler tanner glass of all people well yes i don't even actually remember that one but i, fe- I feel like it got through the- it was in the second period right 
Late in the first, I believe. Late in the first. Okay. Yeah. I remember my first save was on uh, was it it was Ryan Johnson was my first save. Mm-hmm. Just kind of a light turnover in the slot, and he turned around and wrist it, and I caught it with my glove, and I was like, okay, still can't feel my body, but I got one out of the way. But yeah, I got better as it went, and then uh, it was a little bit of a tumultuous start uh, as far as starting games and trying to find a win, but. We got there eventually sometime in March, I think. Five seasons in Edmonton. Uh, what are your memories as an Oiler? It was a bit of a struggle. Um, it was fun being there, uh, being from Calgary and, and being an Alberta kid. Um, you know, we, we weren't very good and we struggled, but it got better each year. And, you know, I could feel myself improving each year. And, you know, the people in Alberta, like I said, I grew up mostly in Calgary since I was like 10 years old. So, it's kind of like home and you know, the people there treat you extremely well. They can certainly get on you when things aren't going well, but uh, it was a fun time and you know, it, it kickstarted my uh, career. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it seemed like you had a different head coach every year. You mentioned Pat Quinn. I think Rennie was there for a year. It, it just seemed like there was always constant turnover behind the bench. It was, uh, yeah, I mean, that was, and that's essentially what, I wouldn't say what led to me being out of there, but that's, that's a big part of it. It was, it was massive turnover, uh, you know, from, from Quinter to Tom Rennie, uh, Steve Tambellini, GM, Kevin Lowe was the GM when I came in and then, and then Tamby and then the, you know, Ralph Kruger came in as a coach and he did a fantastic job. That was a very frustrating time for me because I felt like Ralph came in and did an awesome job with the younger team. And he, he coached us and he was an assistant coach with, with Tom and, you know, really was, was awesome and got a, had a good relationship with all the players and then came in as a head coach during the shortened lockout season. And I felt like he, he did an amazing job and made, and had some big strides is just as far as, you know, guys growing up and buying into what we needed to do to, to make a change uh and then they gassed him after that year and that was very frustrating because i remember um finding out that he was fired and you know mac t was coming back as the gm and then dallas eakins was coming in as the coach and it was just another you know more new faces more new people and and uh you know it's it's tough to get it's tough when you're like constantly trying to like prove yourself to somebody. And eventually it, it caught up to me where that year, you know, Mac T came in. I don't think Mac T loved me that much to begin with because he was the coach when I got drafted. And, uh, and then Dallas came in and, and you know what I would say, like things would have been different if I played well and I didn't play well. It's also tough when you're, you're, you're trying to prove yourself on a clean slate every single year to somebody new. Right. And you don't, you don't have a leash. You don't have a leeway because these are new people that are, that are evaluating you. Uh, and, you know, it was, it was difficult and, and obviously it worked out the way it did. And like I, I always say, listen, if I hadn't sucked, then I wouldn't have got traded. But it was, I certainly wasn't put in a position to, to succeed, but I also didn't play well. 2013, 2014, how tough was that season considering the fact you started in Edmonton, you went to Nashville? And you wound up being traded to Montreal and playing in the American Hockey League and then being a black ace with the Habs at the end of the year. Yeah, it was awful. Um, you know, I remember that going into that season because I felt, uh, you know, the, the season before was the shortened lockout season. 
And I felt really good about it. It was, you know, it was the best, one of my best statistical years. And I felt, you know, we tailed off at the end, but I felt like as a group, we made some big steps. And like I was just mentioning, uh, it was frustrating to see them get rid of Ralph and make a bunch of changes again. Uh, and then, and then in that summer, it felt like, you know, they they tried to trade for Schneider and they tried to trade for Bernie. And I was like, felt like they were trying to trade for anybody that could put on a set of goal pads. It wasn't me. And then when they couldn't do it, then they came back to me and, and tried to, you know, say, Hey, I'll, you know, I'm sorry. We weren't really trying to do that, you know, and kind of try to put a bandage on what happened. And so it was a difficult spot going into the year and I kind of let it affect me. And, you know, so then the start of the, the first couple games statistically were, were miserable. It, it just sucked. I mean, I, I can like still remember sitting in a, a movie theater in we were playing the Islanders in New York and we went to a movie and it was like two hours of checking out. And then all of a sudden reality came back in and like, I just could not stop thinking about this. And, you know, we just had a, uh, we had a baby and family and we always thought we'd be in Edmonton for a long time. And all of these things just start to creep into your head and it just became overwhelming. And, and I think I turned my game around, but I think the writing was already on the wall. Went to Nashville. I mean, I played, right after I got traded, didn't play well. And then I didn't play for another month. And I think we lost in a shootout and, and that was it. And then I was gone. It was just this like massive fall off of a cliff. It's interesting you mentioned Kirk McLean because I heard an interview where you said you basically tried just to forget about the year. And I remember Max saying like early nineties when I was covering the Canucks, he says NHL goalies and NFL cornerbacks, they have to have short memories. Like you let in a bad goal, you forget about it. You have a bad game, you forget about it. You literally had to forget about a season. And you did in a way because you bounced back the following year. I mean, you get the, the deal with Arizona, um, which leads, your play leads to a deal to Minnesota where you, you know, regain your form and probably play at a level that you haven't played at in the National Hockey League. But what got you through that adversity? How did you get through that? Well, I mean, the biggest thing is, is I just, it was such a disaster that year that when I went back home for the summer, I mean, I just wanted the year to end so bad and it took longer than I wish it would have just with being a black ace in Montreal. And eventually I had to tell him I had to go home because I had a kid at home and, you know, it was just, it was just getting too long, too much. And, you know, you just, I had to, when I went home, you just had to believe in yourself. And, and I sat back and looked at, listen, like my entire career, from junior to getting drafted in the first round to Stockton to Springfield to getting to Edmonton. And everything was, the trajectory was going up the entire time, all the way until my last year before the drop-off. You know, probably my best, it was a shortened season, but probably my best year to that point. So the season was a disaster. And then, you know, the trades and everything, it was just falling off a cliff. And so I just said, this is like, that's not right. I mean, your entire career, everything was, was projecting in a certain direction. So forget about it, believe in yourself, know that you're, you are who you are and you didn't forget how to play goalie in, in a season. And so it wasn't even like, let's look back at what happened and what went wrong. It was like, let's like pretend that didn't happen. 
and keep doing what we're doing, keep training how we're training. And fortunately, Arizona believed in me and I got to work with Sean Burke. And it was just like, again, it was, it wasn't even learning from that season. It was like forgetting about it. You go to many three-time all-star. What took your game to another level in many? Oh man. I mean, it was, that was crazy. That one season was crazy. Um, Just felt good about myself coming in. And then also just, I was, I was most excited about getting a chance when I got traded to mini, I was like, wow, this is the, the, you know, the best opportunity ever because this is a extremely good hockey team that, that has been underperforming by a lot. So this wasn't a situation where, you know, you get traded to a crappy team um, just because, and you're going to have to grind every night. I'm like, I, and I played against mini enough. I'm like, this is a great team that this is an, an amazing opportunity. They're just not playing well. This is, they're doing like playing way below what they should be. So this is a fun opportunity. And obviously it took off the way it did. I mean, I don't know. I can't, I can't pinpoint one thing. I just, it was a, it was a opportunity to play on a really good team. I think I don't like to talk bad about Edmonton, but certainly didn't uh, have a, a lot of opportunities to play on a good team before that. And so it was, it was just fun. It was, it was like, I learned after I got traded to many, what it meant to play hockey in the NHL. It was like, you know, you get to playoffs and you're like, Oh my God, this is why you play. Like you don't just play to make money. You don't play to get through the regular season. Like you get to playoffs and you're like, this is why I play. And that was fun too. What did it mean to you to win the Masterson trophy? Well, it was, it was perfect. It kind of, you know, put a bow on everything that happened over that year I mean you, you look at like actually 365 days from uh, I was on a trip with my buddies in Las Vegas um, right before free agency the year before and I had a phone call with Sean Burke to chat with him while I was there and I remember the night before um, I was supposed to chat with him in the morning and I was like you know, we went for dinner and I was like, guys, I'm out. I'm going to bed. Like I had a big phone call in the morning. I talked to Sean Burke. So I could cancel the night in Vegas pretty much to, to have this conversation with him to make sure that I was, you know, getting there and going to where I wanted to go. And 365 days later, I'm, you know, nominated for the Vesna fourth and heart trophy and accepting an award on, on the stage for the NHL awards. I mean, doesn't even make sense in, in a calendar year for that to happen. So it was, it was pretty fulfilling for sure you wrap up in san jose and colorado did you sense how good that colorado team was going to be i mean they win the cup the year after you leave but did you have a feeling that this group was on the verge of doing something really special absolutely i mean they were i mean i i knew playing against them but but going there and being on the other side of it um you could see how good they were and in that year, I mean, the year we lost to Vegas in the second round, my last year, and they were that good. It was it was disappointing because I, I think the team was as good or better, at least on par with the team that won the cup. And it just, you know, that momentum thing in, in the playoffs is crazy. I mean, we, we won the first game. I don't even think they touched the puck. And then we won the second game. We probably shouldn't have. But it's kind of, you know, you think that that's the game that you need to win where you didn't play well enough and then you win the series and then, you know, we kind of fell off the map. But, uh, wow, I mean, I'd never played for a team that was that dominant. Um, and it's too bad because with COVID and everything that went on, like I, I never actually played. I don't think I played a game 
on the ice with the full roster because it was, you know, everybody was out here and there with COVID and quarantine, including myself. Um, so I never, I don't think I ever actually got to be on the ice with the full squad, but I mean, even a half squad there was pretty, pretty phenomenal. What were your emotions when they did win the cup? I was happy. I want, I was cheering for them the whole year. Yeah. Um, I had such a great experience there from, uh, Bednar to, to Sackick to Juicy, the goalie coach to, you know, Gabe Landeskog, which is hilarious because. And I'd met him at an all-star game, so we'd already we'd already made amends. But, I mean, I used to battle with Gabe so hard. Uh, and, then you know, we, we were good after the all-star game. But, um, you know, I'd met a few of those guys. And I just – I had so much fun with that group. I just thought it was such a, such a cool group of guys. Uh, they had a lot of fun and just worked so hard and were so skilled. Like, I, and I just could feel – no, I thought we were going to win when I was there. Yeah. Uh, just because they were that good. And, I mean, like, like to me, Landeskog was like, and no offense to anybody else that I played with, but he's such an amazing captain. Like, you could just feel in that dressing room that they were they were ready to blow up. So, when, you know, when we didn't win and I ended up playing, I was cheering for him the whole year. And I, I think this is like, you know, I know it's super hard, but this is easily a team that can be a multiple cup team. In a small way, did you feel a part of it? In a small way, having been part of that team the year before, uh, I don't know if I was part of of doing anything for it, but it was. But it was also it was fun because yeah. I, I I developed such good relationships with the guys there um, that I just you know it was like I could feel good. I, I felt so happy yeah. for them to win, and then also having Darcy, having Kemper there, who was my partner in. Uh, in many when I got traded here for years yeah. and you know he he married our our babysitter that we had <laughs> and so we know his wife too and you know we went to their wedding and that was that was part of it too and it was just like you know everybody always asked me and and uh, I just I had such good relationships with with everybody there the whole organization the coaching staff like I said Sackick, C-Mac I mean it was like for the short time that I was there it was just such a good group that you could just they were you could just sense they were right there and I and I said you know on my first time on the NHL network I was like if they can just get past this second round voodoo and put it behind them they're gonna win hey speaking of the transition from hockey usually we talk to people and their transition from sports or entertainment or whatever and it takes up a, a big chunk with you it's it's not going to take that long because you just smoothly glided right into the NHL <laughs> network before you were officially retired, Mayad. Yes, yes. No, it was funny. I, I was uh, again. I was just watching playoffs. Um, you know, it kind of it was kind of a weird year with Charlotte and and Spangler Cup and like maybe the Olympics that never fell through and or never went through. And then um, yeah, the playoffs were going on. I was just sitting there in my basement watching the watching NHL Network. And uh, I was like, you know, I should give that a try. I've always, you know, I like everybody over there. I know everybody over there. And so I honestly just, I called my agent and was like, hey, do you know anybody at the NHL Network? And he's like, yeah, for sure. I'll make a call. And I mean, it was like, bang, bang, bang. Did a short interview. They're like, yeah, we got, you, you want to come down in 10 days? I was like, sure. So I hopped on a plane and went down and, and got on there. And I mean, it was really like thrown to the wolves, not, not in a bad way. But I remember I was sitting at the desk and I, I mean, I, I, watch it all the time you guys don't get it in canada but 
here, I mean, that was the thing. I'd watch it every night when I was playing. So I kind of know how the show runs, but I don't know how it runs like live. We were sitting there like right before we went on air and I was like, so what do we do? <laughs> wing it. They're like, That's you do. Yeah, Just they're wing like, it. Well, yeah, they're like, well, you know, the, the host Jameson Coyle was awesome. He was like, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll try to guide you. I'll kind of give you a little point when it's your turn to talk. And I was like, well, how do I know how long to talk for? They're like, yeah, you kind of get a feel for it. I was like, cool. Let's go. Second round of the playoffs. And so, and that was it. And it was smooth. And, you know, it's kind of gotten, it's getting easier since. And, and after those two days, they, they wanted to, me to continue. So it was great. I know your family's involved in the automotive business. I think your dad Mazda dealership, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they were, yes. Not were, anymore. Okay. They, they're re retired, but yes. Mazda yeah, dealership. So do, Bridge, yeah. do you ever see yourself going into that? Or is this, you're perfectly content just doing the NHL network? Or do you see yourself doing something different down the road? I don't really know. I'd definitely like to stay in the game. Um, I don't know if, if the broadcasting thing is, is, a, is a super long term. I think it's definitely a short term for now thing I'm enjoying it and uh, can see it growing for sure. I think I'd like to, I'd like to stay in the game. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know with my kids ages right now, if I want to do, you know, like I don't think I can do a full goalie coaching gig right now. I think like, you know, I've been gone for long enough. My kids are too young and it's too, um, too demanding of a schedule to, to hop in that way. Uh, which is tough because I feel like I can provide a lot um, to goalies. Uh, but I think, you know, I don't know, I'd like to do some sort of a, of a management type thing. I think there's a, there's room for growth with teams. I think R R Roberto Luongo kind of started a, a trend in Florida with the, with the goaltending management side of the organization, which, is, which I feel is like kind of archaic that every team doesn't have that. Um, and that's, I think, more of something that I'd like to get into, like to research more, do some homework on and, you know, potentially provide that for a team of, uh, of a, a, you know, a full goaltending program top to bottom, which I think is pretty cool how Roberto started that in Florida. And I know he started it. They kind of gave him a job to begin with and he's kind of created that. And it's, it's really smart and kind of crazy that, you know, there's really not very many NHL teams that have this this situation, but I think he's doing an incredible job in Florida and, and just opening up something that should have been there for a long time. Well, Devin, this has been outstanding. Before we let you go, I know that we talked about the fact that you played over 500 games in the National Hockey League. Um, I think you're like 64th all-time in games played. I got something even better for you. I don't know if you you know this stat. You're actually ahead of the likes of Marty Brodeur, Patrick Waugh, and Ed Belfour, you are 32nd all-time in NHL save percentage at 914. So when wow. you put those numbers out there, the fact that, you know, you're ahead of guys like Wah, Brodeur, Belfour, among others, um, 32nd all-time, man, that's that's putting up that's some crazy. numbers. That's a hell of a career. I thought you were going to give me like a like penalty minutes or something. And then <laughs> I was like, well, definitely not, definitely not Patty Watt. Not beating Patty Watt in penalty minutes, but I thought you were going to give me some weird stat. Yeah. But uh, that's pretty cool. That's humbling. That's yeah. that's amazing. Well, I could have gone yeah. with 17th all time in Kamloops Blazers goaltender career penalty minutes, but I uh, decided to. <laughs> 
I had I had a lot my 19-year-old year. I think I had 47 pins my 19-year-old year. Yeah, that, well, that pushed you up the rankings. Hey, Devin, yeah. thanks for doing this. Continued success <laughs> with the NHL Network. This was outstanding, and uh, best of luck, and hopefully we'll stay in touch. Awesome. Sounds good, much. Thanks. From hidden local hotspots to outrageous wildlife rescues and trend-setting hotels, westcoasttraveler.com shares the latest travel news from your local community and beyond. Travel the spectacular west coast of the U.S. and Canada without leaving your armchair and start taking notes for your next adventure. Make your next vacation or staycation the best it can be. Visit westcoasttraveler.com.